This is Gemarin Ksubis Adaf Apeizayin as we embark in a new year, a new year of Daf. We should all have the strength, the ability, the clarity to continue learning day after day together. This is the Daf for Shabbos Shuvah and Amir Tzashem will hopefully get up Yom Kippur's Daf prior to Yom Kippur. So let's finish learning a Mishnah. And in the Mishnah, there were a bunch of levels we should call it in the Mishnah. Just to highlight, we began the Mishnah with Kosav law, Neder Ushvua Inli Alaych. Someone says to his wife, I do not have a, a Neder Ushvua upon you. What's the halacha? He can't make her swear. But he can make the Yarshim and those who come after her swear. Next level is Neder Ushvua Inli Alaych. He adds on, not only is a Neder Ushvua on you, but also upon your heirs and successors. Then he can't make any of them swear. But the Yarshah must be in Isa. But his inheritors can make her swear. That's Yarshav as Abayim Rishusa. Now the final level is in Neder Ushvo in the Loi in Li. Veloyli Yarshai. Neither I nor my inheritors. Veloyli Barim Rishusi. Allahcha. Val Yarshacha. Val Barim Rishusich. If he includes everyone, his, all his generations and all her generations, then the Allah of the Mishnah was in Yochla Shviyah. No one the Uvla Yershav La Bar Mishla Ozla Yershav La Bar Mishusa. Holcha Mikabul Baila. And then we add the end of the Mishnah, which we're not going to discuss right now. So we begin the Mishnah, and the Mishnah wants to know we're discussing in the Gemara, excuse me, and we're discussing over here all these Shvois, all the different levels as we just spoke out in the Mishnah, different levels in the Mishnah pertaining to the Shvua. But the Gemara has a very fundamental Shaya, Shaila, Shvua, Maya Vinite. What are we discussing? What shvua is the husband waving from his wife that we have different levels? He's waving her. She doesn't have to make. The children don't have to make. His children, etc. The question basically is, it sounds like normally he could make his wife swear. So what shvua are we discussing? As Rashi in the last Rashi in the Amid, before we turn over, we'll look at Rashi. He says, Ezu shvua sasam she'isha chayavis labaylo. What stam shvua is a woman obligated to her husband on Yarshav that the Mishnah says that if you don't make her exempt, then you have to make her swear. What shvua is the subject of our Mishnah and the subsequent discussion that we're going to have today in the Gemara? So Amar Rav Yudah Marav says Rav Yudah the name of Rav as we turn over to Peizayin Amar Aleph Ala Petrapa Shenaseh Bachaye Baila. The case that we're discussing over here is to the Shvua, if she becomes an Apetropis, if she becomes someone in position, an, a, an administrator, she's in, in charge of some of his items, then he can make her swear regarding that. Says the Gemara, another opinion, Rav Nachman Amar Abar Abu Ksubasa. Doesn't mean in a regular case, but rather what's going on over here is, is even if she is poigim, literally means to destroy, to weaken, to damper, even if she impairs her ksuba, and certainly in the regular case, I mean, Rav Nachman is adding on to the first opinion of Rav Yudam Rav. Rav Nachman is adding on that certainly in the case if she is in charge of some of her husband's items, but even more so that if there is a reason that one day she's going to have to swear, as the Gemara is going to discuss in a moment, what is this case of Pagemes Ksubasa, that potentially the wife would have to swear, says the Gemara, that's included in the Mishnah as well. Says the Gemara, 
So Mordechai said over this din in front of Rav Ashi, and he explained, according to the second opinion of Nachman, that the case of the Mishnah is even discussing when a woman is obligated to Shavuot due to the fact that she weakens her Ksuba, that she damages it, that it enters into her mind when they get married, that she thinks, maybe one day I'm going to need some cash. And when that day that I need cash, I might have to take it from my Ksuba. And because there's a time that she thinks she might need to dip into her savings, we'll call it, dip into her ksuba, and therefore she says to her husband, write for me, that you're not going to make me swear that in the event comes that I have to dip into my ksuba, and then at a latter date I want to collect the rest of the ksuba, which we're now learning is the case of Pagamis Ksubasa. That she weakens, she damages the Ksuba by taking part of it. Now she wants to take the rest of the part. So because all of that potentially is in her mind, it makes sense that she says to her husband, Ksoivli, write for me, Vasli, that you're not going to make me swear at that eventual date of Pagamis Ksubasa. However, Parah Mordechai is saying this in front of Ravashi and asking Elamanda Amar, he lines down. But according to the man Omar, according to the first opinion that the Gemara quoted, the opinion of Rabbi Yudamarat, that what are we discussing over here? We're discussing a case of Abitropis that was made by Chayyab Ayla, she's in charge of his properties. Does she know when she gets married? Is it Allah al Daita? Is she thinking that one day your husband's going to make her an administrator? He's going to make her in charge of a part of his estate to Amra so that she would say to him, Write for me that you're not going to make me swear at that eventual date. So Ramurachai asked Ravashi, I don't understand the opinion of Rabbi Yudam that the Mishnah is discussing a case of a trouble, because why would that be on the woman's mind that she asked her husband to say that you'll not make me swear at that eventual date? So answers Ravashi, 10 lines down, the first line is, Li, Amar, Lei, Atona, Amas, Nita, You learned that reviewed Damarath, that when he explained was talking about the first case of the Mishnah, and therefore you have a question, Rav Mordechai. Excuse me. I, says Ravashi, learned it at the end of the Mishnah, and therefore there's no question. What was the end of the Mishnah, which we did not start off today's share with reviewing? Yes, here it is right now. If after her husband's nifter, she goes straight back to her father's house, or she goes back to her father's house, she does not become in charge of her husband's estate. Then what is the Allah said our Mishnah? The Yarshim, the other narrators, cannot make her swear. However, Vinas is Abitrapia. Let's say they yes made her an Abitrapis. Then the Yarshim Then the Yarshim could yes make her swear concerning future endeavors. However, but they can't make her swear on that which happened in the past. And on this part of the Mishnah, on the Sefa of the Mishnah, the question was, Sha'avar Maya 
What is this case of Sha'avar? What is this case that there's a potential Shvua going in the past? And on this, that the case is, if she was an Apatropist, that is the case that the kids, the inheritors, cannot make her swear on that case. Avol, however, if she was in charge of the estate between the time that her husband died and between the time he was buried, then mashbi in law. Then the halacha is that we could make her swear. The Yarshim could make her swear. So Rav Ashi is answer, answering Rav Mordechai that your whole question on Rav Yudam Rav's way of learning that the case of the Mishnah of the Shavuos of a Chavash and Nasa was because you learned it on the first part of the Mishnah. But if you learn it on the second part of the Mishnah, that that is the case that the Yarshim cannot make her swear, then everything is good and dandy. But once we're dealing with the end of the Mishnah, the Gemara concludes with saying, That really, even between the Misa and the Kvura, we do not make her swear. Why? They taught in Ardoi that for three entities, we're allowed to sell the properties of a Yerish without announcing, without asking them. For a cargo, if the king comes with a head tax, for food for the widows and the daughters, and the burial expenses, which is what we're discussing right now, for these three entities, you do not have to ask permission, and therefore we will not make her swear with regarding what she did at that time period between the Misa and the Kfura. So now we go back. Now, after we dealt with what was the Shvu and the Mishnah, two opinions, and we ended up explaining that really is only one opinion of Bagemitz Ksuba, because the opinion of Rav Yudah Marav, al the end of the Mishnah, says the Gemara, Let's deal, let's go back in the Mishnah. What was the Mishnah discussing? Different ways that the husband could potentially allow or disallow his wife to make a Shavuah. So says the Gemara, Amar Rabba, Amar says Rabba, the name Rav If the husband writes the following, Deloi Nadar Udeloi Shavuah. He writes that my wife should be without a Nadar or Shavuah. What's the Allah? Who ain't such a wording is going specifically on him and the husband himself and not the inheritors. But if he writes, Naki Nader, Naki Shvua, if he writes, you're clean of a Nader of a Shvua, then, both she and the Yarshin cannot make her swear. Why? Because such a line of Naki Nader, Naki Shvua means, Minakis Mishvu Asa. You're clean from a Shvua. So part number one is Rav Yudah Marav differentiates between Deloi Nader, Deloi and Naki. That if he added the word Naki, then she and her inheritors cannot, excuse me, he and his inheritors cannot make her make a Shvua. Number two, Rav Yosef Amar comes along, Rav Yosef, and he says, if the husband writes without a neder and without a shvua, then who ain't If he writes without a neder, without a shvua, then the Allah is the same as we just said a moment ago. He can make her swear, but the yarshim could yes. But naki neder, naki shvua, benu ben yarshim mashbi and 
the exact opposite. Rabbi Yehizim Rabbiya learned that the wording of Naki Nader Naki Shvua yes allows both he and his Yarshim to make him swear. Why? It sounds funny. He said you're clean of a nether, you're clean of a shvua. So explains the Gemara, you know why? When he writes the word Naki Nader Naki Shvua, that means cleanse yourself by yes to shvua. And therefore those wording implies that you would, yes, have to swear. Says the Gemara further, Sholach Rav Zakkai Lamar So Rav Zakkai sends the following to Mar Okvah. We're in the second half of Be'izayin Amar Alf. Be'in Deloi Shvua, Be'in Dinaki Shvua, Be'in Deloi Nadar, Be'in Dinaki Nadar. So says Rav Zakkai, in any of these cases, the Allah is, Bin Ichsai Hueno Yachal HaShviyah. Avol Yarshin Mashviyin Aisa. That if he said, so Rav Zakkai makes a different differentiation. If he says, bin the critical word being, in my possessions, or some have min from my possessions, then the Allah is, he cannot make them swear, but the Arshim could, yes. But if he says, min but if he specifies and says, these possessions, then the Allah is, neither can make her swear. So Rav Zaka is learning that it's not a difference of Nader Naki, rather it's a difference if he writes Bin Nechsai or Bin Nechsaiya Ilain. And a final opinion says the Gemara Ram Nachman Amar Shmuel, Misham Abashal Ben Ema Miriam, Bein Deloi Shvua, Bein Nachim Mishvua, Bein Deloi Nader, Bein Nachim Nader, Bein Nechsai, Bein Bin Nechsai Ilain. So says Ram Nachman Amar Shmuel in any of the aforementioned wordings, Bein Uhu, Bein Yarshav. Whether he or his Yarshim, Allah is Ein Mashbiyin Oisa. He cannot make her swear. Avol, however, what should I do? The Chazal have taught So bemoans the fact, bemoans from Nachanim of Shmuel, that really any of these languages should have worked to not allow he nor his heirs, not allow he nor his Yarshim to make her swear. However, he explains, but because it's a din derabanon, the Chachamim have said that a part of the, that someone who comes to pay has to swear, the halacha is, in all scenarios, you would have to, yes, swear. Another way of learning this last exchange, in all these cases, you should not be allowed to let them swear. And the Gemara concludes after these four opinions of Rav Nachman and Rishmuel, that is indeed the Allah that because it's a dinner of honor requiring the Shvua, in all scenarios, you can make them swear. Irrelevant neder, Shvua, Naki, or not. In all scenarios, because of the Dinder Rabbanu requiring a Shvua, in all scenarios, we require them to actually swear. And now we continue with the Mishnah on the bottom of Aleph, in which the Mishnah is going to teach us a bunch of cases in which the woman wants to collect Ksuba, but she's indeed going to have to make a Shvua. So this Mishnah really is a direct continuation of the previous Mishnah, as everyone will see in a moment. Case number one of the Mishnah is Habakemes Ksuba. So, like we start off with today, if a woman impairs her Ksuba, what is the case of impairs her Ksuba? So Rashi says 
as the Mishnah itself is going to explain, the case is that she admits that part of it was already paid. She has to swear. What if an Eirechad says part of it was paid? She has to swear. If the woman comes to collect from either the properties of Yisayim or from properties that are Meshubit, other properties the husband has sold, the Allah is, or not in front of the husband. So in any of these three categories, we'll call them, because the Mishnah now is going to elaborate on each category. In any of these three categories, the woman is required to swear in order to get her shvua. Now, the Gemara explains, HaPagemes, Ksubasa, on the first medium-sized line, Keita, what is this case? And what happens? Her husband says, you already received all a thousand zos. And she says, I did not get all a thousand. It's true, I got. I only got a hundred. So she says, I got part. As the Gemara is going to explain, everyone's already conjuring up ideas of might of a mix us. Which of course the Gemara will deal with that she admits in part. The Allah is like Tibara El she has to swear. Case number two in the Mishnah. Eidach Nida she Baruaf and Eidach admits that she was paid. Kita, what's the case? And the husband says, You accepted her Ksuba. It's not true. And Eidach says, that, Yes, it is true. I, she didn't get paid. Then, the Allah is the rest that she wants to collect. Because Eidach said that she collected part, as the Gemara will explain, Rashi points out. Then she has to swear on the rest of it. And category, um, category number three, what is the case where she comes to collect from Chasim Mishubadim? Keita. The husband sold his properties to someone else. And she wants to collect from the purchasers. This is all, I call this category three. The Mishnah breaks it up. The last category is really all the same. Properties of the Yisayimim. If the husband dies, And number three is, of the third category, The husband's overseas and she wants to collect And finally, we turn over to Be'ezayin Amid Be'ez. Explains the Gemara, explains the end of the Mishnah. Reb Shimon Aimer calls Manji Tavaz Ksuba Hayarshin Mashvin Oisa. Any time she claims her Ksuba, the Yarshim can make her swear. But Vimeinoi Tavaz Ksuba saying Yarshim Mashvin Oisa. But if she does not claim her Ksuba, the husband cannot make her swear. Now, what exactly Reb Shimon is discussing is going to be the subject of tomorrow's Daf Daf Pechas. Before we get into that, let's go into the Gemara that deals with the first part of the Mishnah, Pagemis, Ksuba, which we learned to meant that the woman admits to part of her Ksuba being collected, and the Mishnah said she has to swear. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Barachama learned that in the first case, the Mishnah, the Shvua that this woman has to make is a Din Daraisa. Why? This is a classical case when someone says, you owe me $200, and the guy responds, no, I only owe you 100 This is what we call classically, 
you admit it in part, then what's the halach of every maidum makes us? So says Rabbi Baracham, the first case of the Mishnah is a classical Maidam and Mixas, and therefore the din of the Shvua and the Mishnah of the woman is a din, De'a Raisa. Amar Rabbi says, Rabbi, no, Shtei Tshuvais Vadavar. Chada number one, Number one says, Rabbi, anyone that swears, swears and does not pay. Any biblical oath, any shvua daraisa is always to swear and not pay. Vihi, and in the case of the mission, the shva is going to tell us she's swearing and she's collecting. So number one says, Rabba, this cannot be the regular case of Maida Mixas. Void, and furthermore asks, Any time one is denying a shiva of karka, any time one is denying the lien on the land, which, of course, is every case of Ksuba, as a woman has a lien on all the properties of her husband. The law is, you never swear in such a case. And therefore, says Rava, two reasons why the Kshmu and the Mishnah and the Reisha of the Mishnah, Pagamas, Ksubaso, when the husband claims a thousand and the woman admits to a hundred and that she only is owed a hundred, it's not Ishvu Daraisa. Ella, Omar, Rava, ten lines down, the first one line is Ella, says Rava, Mede Rabbanan. The Shvu and the Mishnah that in the Rabban, the Eparam, Dayik. Why? Because generally the one who pays is Dayik, is precise, is attentive to that which he pays. The Mifra, Loy Dayik. The one being paid is not as precise. When I give you cash, I'm very careful what I give you. When you get cash, says Rabba, you're not as careful. And therefore, and therefore, the Rabbanan, Rabbanan imposed the Shvu on the woman in order that she should be careful when she says that she collected what she collected. So because in this case, the woman is coming to collect and the husband says, I owe you nothing. And the woman says, you owe me a hundred. Because she is collecting, says Rava, there's a Shvu Midrabanon, so that she will be precise and careful with that which she collects. Continues the Gemara now with a whole list of different questions, which are all going to be, we call them almost first cousins to all the Dinam in the Mishnah. So says the Gemara Ibailu, question number one. Pagamas Ksubasa Be'idim. Each one is going to be a slight variation of the Dinam in the Mishnah. So case number one says the Gemara, what if she is Pagim Ksuba, she impairs the Ksuba with Edim, that what? She says that she received part of the payment in front of Edim, and the husband said, I, may, I paid you more without Edim. So she has Edim that she got. She has Edim that she received some of the Ksuba. Let's say that she got 500. And she's saying, you still owe me 500. And the husband's saying, I paid you the other 500 without Edim. So Ma'u, what is Allah? Do we say, Do we say that if it's true that he paid the rest, he would pay her with Edim like he paid the first half. And therefore he's not believed. Or maybe one day he had the cash. There were no Edim around, so he gave it to his wife. So the fact that there were Edom on part of it, talk to the fact that there are no Edom on the rest of the payment. Says the Gemara Tashim, I'll bring you a proof. Anyone who swears, swears and does not pay. There are a few unique scenarios. As we already learned, that swear and collect. Four cases. 
five and number six, which is the one of our discussion. Someone who impairs his star without Edim, if he's collected partially without Edim, he admits to. So we're Medayik, we say that from this price, we see Shaloi Be'edim in, Be'edim Loi, that only in a scenario where someone admits to collecting part of a debt without Edim, that's when he has to swear. But if he has Edim that he got part of the debt, like in the case of our Mishnah, the woman has Edim that she receives part of the Ksuba, then she would not have to swear. So seemingly this is a Raya to our Shailah. Answers the Gemara, no Raya. Loi mi boy kamar, we can learn from this Brisa that the Brisa is just teaching us an actual Chiddush. Loi mi boy, it's Pashi Beidim, Tevadai Tzricha Shvua. That certainly in the case in which the partial payment was made with Edim, and therefore it cannot be denied at all. Tevadai Tzricha Shvua. You certainly now need a Shvua to collect the rest of it. But if part of it was collected without maybe this is like a case as if I returned your Aveda because I did not have to admit to anything. It's like a Maidim Amixas. And therefore, you should be able to collect without a Shvua. And therefore, there's no Raya from this Brisa. And we continue with another Shaila, very similar. What is the story if the woman literally again impaired her ksuba? What happens is she admitted to receiving payment for her ksuba in a, in a series of payments and she says the exact amounts. She says, I got $20 one day, a dollar the next day, $20 the next day. Pachas, bachas, mishava, pruta, down to the penny. Mahu, what's the Allah? What's the shayla? Says the Gemara. Me, Amrina, do we say, it sounds like she's telling the truth. The fact that she remembers every payment down to the penny seemingly is a proof that she knows what's going on. So maybe that itself is a right. She's telling the truth. And therefore she should get the rest without a shua. Or maybe she's just trying to pull her leg. Maybe she's deceiving, deceiving us. Says the Gemara Teiku, no answer. What is the status if she devalues the ksuba? What's the case? The case is we have a ksuba of a thousand zos, and the husband says, like we've seen already, I paid the whole thing. And the woman says, no, I got zero. But she says, even though I got nothing, but the ksuba is not really a thousand. The ksuba is really only a hundred. So she's admitting, not that she received payment, but that Iksuba is less than we said before. So me, I mean, do we say, I know about it's the same thing. What's the difference if she says that you paid me 500 and you owe me 500, or if she says that all Iksuba is only 500 in the first case. And then the Allah would be that you would have to swear, like they did in the Mishnah. I don't perhaps, a Gemes might do a mix us. Halakha might do a mix us. Maybe the case of a is where she at least is admitting to part of it. Whereas in this case, she's not admitting to anything. And therefore, there'd be no Shvua. Tashima says, the Gemara, let's bring her out. It says in her, Bryce, one who devalues the Ksuba, collects without a Shvua. Kate said, what's the case? We're about 20 lines from the bottom. The first word in line is Kate said. Ha'is the Ksuba, Salav, Zos, the Ksuba is a thousand Zos. Vamra, let's go about the Ksuba, Seich. And the husband says, you got your entire Ksuba, V'yaymeres, Lo'yiz Kabal, Tivin, Elamon, Amam, Ishar, Kays. She says, I did not get the whole thing, but the Ksuba is really only one mana. What's that? She collects out of Shvua. 
So we see clearly that in the case of Rechesis Ksubasa, when someone devalues Ksuba, there is no Shvua. Says the Gemara. So by my God, okay, great. So she gets it out of Shvua. But how could she collect? This piece of paper she's going to collect with? She's admitting that this piece of paper is nothing. She's admitting that it's not actually a thousand, it's only five hundred. So we see clearly that this paper is nothing. We're dealing with a case in which she says there was an amana, there was trust between us. And that is the case that she's going to be allowed to collect without a shvua or pick up from the next Gemara from the two dots in the next.